0: Hello everyone, welcome to Covenant's Continuing Education Programs with Tammy Jones and Dave Clay. Tammy Jones, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. That, that's not necessarily a mouthful and I've said certainly <laughs> had to come up with something uh, with many, many more words as far as introductions go, but I have to get used to that Covenant's Continuing Education Programs with Tammy Jones. Yes, yes. Since yeah. we're just getting all this started on the front end. So yeah. Tammy, what kind of continuing education activities have you been into since the last time we spoke? And it's been a couple of weeks. I, I want to say this for a pitch it to you. Uh, I want our podcast listeners to know we're intentioned to do this on a weekly basis. We just getting it started and had to kind of get schedules coordinated, but hopefully we'll be able to do this on a week by week basis. But it's been an entire, maybe even longer, two weeks, I think, since we chatted last. Yeah. Yeah, that was right before Christmas, I think,
1: um, It's where we were. Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. You know, I... I
0: I love to read. Uh, you, yeah, you know that. That's uh, why we thought you'd be perfect, <laughs> perfect oh, for the yeah. director position. <laughs> But if I say yes, it almost sounds like I know more than I should, or maybe that I would. I've heard a bit about it. Let's put it that way. I know it's good for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. It is. There are all kinds of healthy things, you know, that that are from it. But and I have, I don't really. I'm definitely not an expert yet, but I have been reading stuff and looking at it, and, and I'm thinking the whole time, you know, it's an absolutely incredible what has historically and traditionally been a spiritual discipline of fasting. Now the secular world is picking up and making it a profitable thing and selling it as a great way for weight loss and weight maintenance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely incredible.
1: But anyway, yeah, that you know, the other thing I have been looking at, um, lots of different counseling materials and, um, um things that are out there, and I've been, um, just looking at some, some old standard um, things, and, um, I've dealt with a lot of folks lately with grief issues and, and lots of anxiety issues and things, but, you know, there's, in dealing with folks, the basic principles that um, I think we, with biblical counseling that we operate from, go back to an author back from the early 70s by the name of Jay Adams. And Jay Adams has what's probably, you know, the the gold standard out there of what we call authenticity minutes but um, his hallmark book out there is a book called Competent to Counsel um, so I have been looking at that book um, recently um, and I'm going to pull it up a little bit here Jay Adams just a little bit of background with him he, he was pastor and one of the in his pastoral ministry was he found pretty quickly that during his years of education, formal education, preparing for the ministry was he really wasn't prepared to counsel people for the, the life issues that they were going to be facing. He learned how to teach and preach and things like that.
0: And as they they, they might might say, you really don't know until you get into it, and and then by the time you're into it, then you all of a sudden realize you don't know what you don't know. Yeah.
1: I remember one of the descriptions that in the introduction to his book was how he had um, had a gentleman that had come forward for prayer and... To an individual, and really wasn't sure where um, where to go. Um, and, you know, I think um, if I remember correctly, too. I'm kind of skimming through um, notes and things here, but um, many times when in education programs, um, in professional programs, whether it be pastoral or nurse, um, but we got, we did get very little counseling. We got some communication skills, but when we, and even those were limited, <laughs> but when it came to counseling, the thing we were basically taught was um, you automatically refer to a psychiatric provider um, of some sort, whether that be licensed professional counselor, a psychiatrist, maybe, you know, for medications or whatever, but that was always the direction. It was it was never that there's ways you can help someone here um, in a practical manner, but it was send them somewhere else. <laughs> so I think, you know, if we can offer anything to our listeners, um... Place that we can start with looking at some of Adam's, at Adam's basic work here over the next few weeks um, and talk about some of the things that he learned.
0: Um, so I'm sure I'm sure, Adam's is one that you're familiar with. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, we chatted a bit about that, I think, that first podcast uh, we did, our uh-huh. <laughs> inaugural Podcast, because I, I would love to see if we can, or as much as we're doing it on the podcast, uh, what would complement that in my mind would be to offer an educational course uh, using the book Competent to Counsel, and it's the premise I think that you've brought up, and that is not that that uh, pastoral care uh, shouldn't include at least with some expectation you're going to run across individuals that need counsel. Uh, Sometimes it's very difficult to understand the difference between something that otherwise would be just in a a pastor's normal day-to-day sort of operation, if I could call it that, of working with parishioners or the congregants or the folks that attend the church and the families. But you do get into issues that or territory sometimes where you just feel a little overwhelmed and you don't know that you really have the skill set to be able to address it. And therein, you know, sort of like you've been a nurse, and as your point was, uh, that's ministry. (laughs) There's a lot of functions to be a pastor, but the idea that that within that, I think Jay Adams discovered. Well, you know, at first it seemed like it was something you really didn't have much training in. At first, it seemed to be a whole lot different than maybe some of his other roles as a pastor, Uh, but. In the end, it all comes back to ministry and to some extent, especially when it comes to Christian and the world we live in today, there's so much in the way of secular. Maybe there was a time when you could have referred somebody to some professional service where you're sure that they're going to be a Christian as well. But it seems like even more today than it's ever been, there's the risk of the humanistic element or the secular element. And at times, if maybe too many times, those two worlds don't seem to rightly fit. Now, I would disagree with that, and I think Adams disagreed with that in this in sense. He thought, well, uh, you know, I could refer to somebody else, but <laughs> they don't have the answer. They're not going to offer them Jesus. They're not going to offer them uh, the Christian faith or how to apply that. Right. And to the or degree, I think, if, if I understand a lot of his perspective, and he was the originator of, of neuthetic counseling. It was his theory, and uh, he taught it for a number of years uh, in an in educational sort of situation or circumstance, kind of like ours maybe. But uh, at the same time, he's deceased, but, but he started that with that idea in mind. Why would we want to separate something, especially if separating meant sending one of our fellow believers or one of those that attended my church uh, as a pastor, to somebody who's secular and would actually do just the opposite of teach about Jesus, would maybe detract or steer a person away from Christ? Right, right.
1: illnesses that need medical medication treatments and things like that. But um you know, one of the recent studies I was reading is that um out of people that have diagnosed mental health issues, only about twenty percent actually need medication intervention. The 80% can be helped through uh, counseling and talk therapy and primarily biblical counseling um, in, as far as what we're discussing here. And, you know, if we go back to, um, let's back up a little bit, and you you used the word nathetic, uh, which is the foundation word from Adam's. For our listeners, that's spelled N-O-U-T-H-E-T-I-C, um, and that word itself, uh, when I look that up, just as far as what that comes from, it comes from a Greek word, and natheto, um, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, which means to admonish. in some of his works, he references Paul's discussion with the Ephesians um, in Acts 20, chapter 20.
0: And is that, is Christ, that, that wouldn't be Mars Hill, though. Pardon? <laughs> that wouldn't be Mars Hill, though, where, no, no, where, where, where Paul person. made his great <laughs> exhortation about yeah, the, the yeah. unknown God, and he said, yes, yes. I know, I can tell you who he is.
1: position, but um, in in chapter 20, verse 31, he says to them, therefore be always alert and on your guard, be mindful that for three years I never stopped night or day, seriously to admonish, advise, and exhort you uh, by one with tears. And in that essence, admonishing, you know, exhorting, encouraging, advising, To describe it through the application of biblical truths um, that we have today. Of course, back in during the times that Paul was writing, this wasn't the written word, but we have that now that we can help people who are experiencing a breakdown within the normal, normal process of sanctification um, in their lives. We can help those people through biblical truths to apply um, t- apply those to the situations and help them to find the events as opportunities to achieve and gain greater spiritual growth through them.
0: And- um, and if I might, not not to go off path too much, but if I might just backfill with this thought or a couple of thoughts, I think for the most part, Jay Adams really didn't put much stock in diagnosis. And I don't think he was discounting in any sort of dismissive, in any sort of way of a physiological basis, genetic, biochemical or otherwise. But I do believe what he was attempting to do was suggesting that regardless, The answer is in Christ and more specifically, which is entirely biblical, whether it's Mars Hill or just as the passage you read, uh, that Paul was addressing uh, those that were believers, so to speak, embedded within that Greek culture. But the Greeks, that, they, <laughs> that was their problem. They chased all around it. They thought they could understand it from a human dimension or humanism. And they didn't call it that back then. But, but the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so when J. Adams would use the word of God in this newtetic sort of way, uh, where he would then use the word to, to challenge, uh, I'll put it that way. It's the Holy Spirit inspired it, so when he used the biblical counseling, it wasn't just for the head, although, again, like on Mars Hill, there was a good argument being made for an unknown God, but even so, the Greeks, as their culture was advanced as it was. It- right. It really didn't stick because they didn't understand and with that would not have gone any deeper or further and as you said it wasn't necessarily as we would know it today written in the bible but when jay adams suggested or suggests in his book competent counsel that we use the word of god it's with that same power so it's not just an intellectual exercise it's not just good advice although it, 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 it is its But when you use the Word of God and you see these practical applications that fills the Bible, then we're trusting that as the Holy Spirit inspired the Word, that that is then going to be as God would speak to the person with this idea in mind. If they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and perhaps even if they haven't, the Holy Spirit is still alive within them. And there's a power that goes with that. That's more than just any sort of secular, diagnostic, clinical, which is not to the dismissing of that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying the Word of God holds power of the Holy Spirit, and even as we speak it and speaking the Word, it wouldn't be even from me or you that the power would proceed, but it stirs up the gift within the person we're speaking it to. And if it's inspired, our speaking it is also inspired in the Holy Spirit, that's the stuff of which I think changes individuals in a way that psychiatry can't or as psychiatry would not have a Christian element or secular sort of orientation or without the Christian element, won't. And, And I even think that James kind of at times said, you know, really in the same sort of way that there's healing even in physical dimension in the Bible I I think he would have said maybe we should start there and and actually maybe that would be good for all healing now I know that that doesn't even in biblical context not everyone gets healed physically and so we understand doctors and we understand medicine we understand nurses we understand all of that that goes into the science of that and uh, endorse it appreciate it but we should at least consider the faith dimension and if we're not without the faith dimension I don't know that it works or it doesn't work as well let's put it that way right right
1: yeah yes you're absolutely right you know it's um, of course you know I I mentioned I was was a nurse previously well not only was I a nurse I was actually a nurse practitioner so I, I held a license that Prescribed medicine, and right. you know, I, I noticed that I did those things. But you know, it's when you're in that world, the the patients that are helped the most. I mean, you coming into it, you know, I believed it, but then I saw to face to Those patients who up front had a strong faith basis, I always knew were going to be the ones who did best, um, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, they were the ones that would get through, no matter what the situations um, they were facing. And, you know, one of the things, um, there's been a lot of popular uh, stuff out there uh, lately Professional relationship, but maybe you're sitting next to a friend. You're just having lunch together, or for or some reason you, you're you're in a car. Or you're riding somewhere together, and all of a sudden, um, your friend may start opening up to you and sharing a situation they're in. And all of a sudden, you feel like I have no words. I don't know where to go with this. I'm very uncomfortable. I have not a clue where to go. Well, with now, that at counseling, there's, you know, not necessarily even have to have formal education there, but know how to apply biblical principles
0: Right.
1: in responding to people. We aren't the ones who have the answers. The answers are in the Bible. And learning to allow the Holy Spirit to work us as we minister to others is where is the basis of the nathetic counseling. As you were uh, saying earlier, counseling is the work of the Spirit the, of the Holy Spirit.
0: Now and and again, once more, I would never want to discourage anyone who needs medication or needs that Absolutely. level of assistance from seeking someone such as yourself or as in your former life as a nurse practitioner or a medical doctor uh, or even within just the counseling uh, psychological counseling Uh, there's those that are licensed were educated trained we have that background that's just enhancement but your your point as i took it with the whole coffee cup counseling why would we not expect the Word of God to, to assist? And if your statistics, as you presented them earlier, are accurate, the greater ratio proportion of individuals are suffering for lack of knowledge, and certainly knowledge of what? God, the Word, they maybe have not come to Jesus, and there's as you also use the word sanctification. You know, we're we're not only building up faith, as with in our knowledge of the Word or use of the Word, discovering the power that is in the Word, sharing it, but we're building up others as personal and and helping others. But you certainly start with that, And, and if you're going to at all get to the place where you say, well, maybe there is... You know, like heart disease or being diabetic or whatever. A need for the additional level of care that you might have, with prescription, writing those scripts, uh, medicine, been able to supply. At least we know even then it's all of the anointing. <laughs> it's all under that anointing of that word. You are going to operate out of the same faith dimension even in your use of... Medications. I'm going to do that in my use of counseling, and even so now in your present life as a Christian counselor, or as you like to call it, a Bible counselor, biblical counselor. Uh, that's that specialized pastoral care dimension, though. That's what we're saying, is not that we're trying to replace the, those that do the medicine or suggest that they don't do that well necessarily, but what we are trying to say, or even the counseling, secular. Uh, but It's not going to work if you don't include Jesus in it. And it's not going to work if you're not including God in it. And the Holy Spirit would have that power. And it may be enough. I think Jay Adams saw that word, presentation, sufficient. And so if you speak it over sharing a cup of coffee, do so. Because it, it may be sufficient. But I'm almost, and I think Adams would maybe agree with me if he were alive... There's so much that the word of God does not only to heal, but to prevent. That's the the real messaging is if we're embedded in the word or we're using it, well, maybe we can head off a lot of problems before we even get there. You know, it's like a primary, secondary, and tertiary care model. This is all prevention. This is all primary care. This is the best stuff you can get.
1: Love it so much. Um, you know, I've, I've had people ask me before uh, in my role, past roles, Okay, so what's the difference between you and a doctor? And my standard answer has always been: Doctors are treat, are taught to diagnose and treat disease. Nurse practitioners are taught to promote wellness prevent disease. (laughs) So, in that prevention mode, (laughs) um, I I guess, you know, that's the part that I really like about the nephatic model as well. You know, if we learn to learn the biblical principles, learn to apply them to our everyday lives, we can learn to keep ourselves
0: out of some of the traps we can fall into. When it gets back to even that intermittent fasting at the beginning of the podcast as you were sharing what you've been most recently kind of giving great right. consideration to or study to. But, but right. it is that idea that it was biblical. God gave us that with the right. intention in mind of prevention. But, but the medical yep. model is always if it has any sort of bad rap when it comes to such things as, as primary, secondary, tertiary care or prevention, it's a disease model. It presumes that doctors really don't get involved until a disease process onset has, has sort of initiated. And, you know, what we're saying is is that I think as with the entire biblical presentation, sanctification is preservation. God wants to prevent us from having any of those difficulties, and, and again, I think that's important because if you don't see that in context of J. Adams, uh, newthetic counseling or even what Covenants offers or continue education programs speak to. What you're going to do is you're going to miss the point. We are not trying to treat exclusively diseases. We, we will, but we're not about the disorder. We're about the order. You know, we, we want to set up the right paradigm, the right hierarchy. We want, we want to encourage establishing that in the Word of God and recognizing it's never too late to initiate that, not only for the sake of remediation or healing, but it's all about prevention. And even so, as you were talking about nurse practitioners, that was about psychological counseling. We were supposed to be about preventing, prevention. Unfortunately, medical necessity says nobody wants to pay for that. And with that, and with that, the whole industry is so geared toward the disordered that you can't go see someone. Professionally, without them diagnosing you with a disorder. It, it's just that's how insidious that worldly paradigm is. That's how the devil wants you to see it. It's, it's Eve in the garden. It's all bad, Eve. It's all going to end in something bad. God can promise you all this good, but in the end, you're just going to go through all the bad, and then you're going to die.
1: Out there, you know, this was a little bit of what you you alluded to. If you don't attach a diagnosis, you're not going to get
0: any money. (laughs) And it's transactional, and and that's the corruption of it. It's corrupted. Now, I know that even with the work that we do, we don't go out and ask for donations. You'll never hear us say, "Send us your money." That's how. But to even support it, there is some degree of transaction. You know, it, it, there is a fee that goes along with a lot of the counseling services we provide through Covenant, Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry. And I hate it that it is that way, but we don't have a church, we don't have a denomination to support it. But in that same sort of a way, it's not intentioned, though, to be so transactional that it's all about the money, and that's kind of the way of the world. It's, it's mammon versus serving God. And that is different. And I think that underlies a lot of what we're offering with Covenant's continuing education programs as well. That's the mindset, right?
1: It, it is very much so. Yeah, and you know, I think, um, and I, I'm, you know, bring me back in here if I'm if I'm uh, going on a tangent. But another direction, another piece of looking, I think the prevention model is um, not only when we think, or, you know, when we seek
0: why God gave us his word and and that's what Jay Adams is saying so no you are absolutely where you need to be because he's not trying to say the other is wrong or invalid or even so extend that science is wrong that's not what he's saying what he's saying is you're missing the point And God wants you to work on the prevention side of that rather than the remediation side of that. It was only because we didn't get the message in Old Testament context. He pointed out all the disorders that come from all the stinking thinking, as they call it, that goes along with our humanism. But that's why I had to send Jesus, because we didn't get it, which doesn't take anything away from Jesus. I'm glad, I'm thankful, I'm more than glad that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But what I want to do though is I don't want to miss the point of that prevention, and God's word is prescriptive. And that's what J. Adams says, and that's where the newthetic comes in. Because that's why he says it's good for everything that ails you. But if you happen to have gone along that disease model or within that disease model, that continuum of progression, and once you call it a disease or disorder, you automatically presume progression of the disease or disorder. It, It doesn't stop. You don't make the diagnosis unless you're confident that's what you're dealing with. Now, you can arrest some of that. You can mitigate some of that. But once that gets kicked in, it's not going to stop. And that's, again, why we have Jesus. And even then, sometimes, I don't know, I I wish I could tell folks why some receive healing in that way and some don't. I know that is a huge question and more than beyond what we want to talk about today on the podcast. But I would want to say this. Why still not take it to God and take it to Christ? And then why still not apply all of those great prescriptive things the Bible tells us? to hopefully take any undue stress or pressure, the autoimmune system, immunological function, why not try to help it? If God gave that to us for healing, in a very scientific, physiological, biological sort of way, why not take the pressure off of it so it can do the best it can do to heal us? Right.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. That has been so overlooked in recent years is, you know, you mentioned the the autoimmune system. Our bodies are designed that way, um, in every manner. God created us um, so that our bodies can respond to external stressors and and healing. And you know, if if our listeners, you know, still haven't bought in or, or too preventive side and really need need to know that they ha- there's a diagnosis that needs to be dealt with, we all have the same one. It's a three-letter word. It's called SIN. Yes.
0: It results from the fall, and we're all party to that. We <laughs> we've all eaten of the apple or drank the Kool-Aid. We have- so, so Jay Adams... In light of all of our conversation points today, Jay Adams, I think, as best as I'm listening and and you're teaching, and, and I've also had some familiarity with him and his theory, I think Jay Adams is just saying, why wouldn't it start within the church? Why wouldn't it start with those that are in the best position to know the word, to use the word, to share the word? Why would it not include then... First and foremost, a culture, not only bringing up our children in the way of the Lord, but but keeping us embedded within that culture. And so when you turn it over to the secular and then with all of this kind of negative thinking and certainly absent Christ, it's going to be. And all this disease model, disorder model stuff, all the negativity and the pessimism. He says, "Let's do frontline work. Let's do primary care. Let's do, in the truest spirit, and the prevention." So, so that is why we offer covenants, continue education programs. That is why you are the director of covenants, continue education programs. That is why we're offering some of this on the podcast at my ad. No cost or expense to our listeners. You just have to listen. But should they want additional, we're going to put a, a course together and and construct that. And with that, uh, because they've completed the course, we're also going to offer continuing education. And and with that, then certifications. And it may not not be anything. I mean. May not be necessary, but at least allows the person to acknowledge for themselves, and possibly in that same sort of transactional way. I wish we could, it's the Apostle Paul, be in this world but not of it. We still have to deal with the transactional dimensions, but people could say, "Well, yeah, I've got my certificate. <laughs> yeah. I know how to do this." According to the J. Adams style or the competent of Counsel or according to the Covenant's continued education programs. But what I really appreciate is I've never been able to really offer the medical side of it as a nurse practitioner acknowledging your training and that experience. And so I just am really excited not only can we offer the counseling side. But as much as now you're in the biblical counseling and have those certifications, you also have that additional background. And and I think that's going to become invaluable. And even in today's podcast, it was incredibly beneficial that we could hear that from somebody who's done that, who knows what that's like. So with that thought in mind, we're going to have to stop the podcast today. But I want to invite our podcast listeners, to come back when? Next week. <laughs> and you can catch us on Covenant's Continuing Education Programs on the podcast. If you want to find us online, it's covenant's-continuing-education-programs.org, O-R-G. And then if they want to call us. You can call 304 528 9220. So, Tammy, keep sharpening yes. your sword. Yes. Right? So that next yes. week you'll tell us even more of what is available within that Jay Adams model, the competent council, and then bring those real life applications.
1: We'll launch into next week um, the first first couple of chapters, maybe, and look at that.
0: All right. So, in the meantime, <laughs> we want you to be blessed. And, uh, yep. Tammy, we're definitely looking forward to the next episode of Covenant's Continue Education Programs with Tammy Jones and Dave Clay. Absolutely.